Hey, what's going on? Today we're going over perfectly perfect my first book, How to Live Your Dream Life. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Thank you for joining me. Whatever day or evening or time it is for you. And before I get started with my biography and what I'm going to be reading for y'all, I just want to talk more about why we made this book and why I have a title called Perfectly Perfect. So many people ask me what I mean by that. And I'm not saying that any one person is perfect, but I am saying that we're all perfectly perfect the way we are. It's a mindset. We put out what we get in. It's like the law of attraction. You believe in that kind of stuff. And it's really powerful to me because when people ask how you're doing, so many people nowadays ask, oh, I'm fine, or, I'm okay, or I'm good. But we should be saying that we're perfect, we're alive, we're living, we're thriving, we're being all we can be every single moment. And that's really how this book title came about and came to be. And then a fast little overview of like who I am before I read my biography, since it's going to be a, at least a chapter long. And I'm going to be reading one chapter a week for you guys, maybe more than that if possible. But... For those of you who don't know me, I'm from Lawrence, Kansas, and now I live in Austin, Texas. I've probably been here about three years, off and on probably four years. I'm a psychology major, as well as a life coach, a digital marketer, and I also give speeches, and I help people become the best versions of themselves. I do YouTube channels, you can find me on Jordan Super, S-U-B-E-R. I also have a blog called WeIndigo.com dot dot com at WordPress, and there's a lot of free content there and stuff that helped thousands of people already and four thousand subscribers to it. So definitely go over there and get subscribed. Also find my Facebook makes it a little easier for you, which is also just Jordan Super. And let me break it down my biography for you. I'll really give you more insight on who I am and why I made this book and what I do. And also why this book has been so successful already helping people and myself and how I feel like I needed to write this book. So without further ado, here we are. Perfectly Perfect How to Live Your Dream Life Biography. For as long as I can remember, in the past 26 years now, living, through all the hardships, mistakes that turned into lessons, ex-girlfriends, jobs, getting in trouble with the law, I've always wanted to make a difference in the world. A real positive impact. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. I was in my MIT school library admiring the books. As some of you may or may not already know about me, that I was born with a high level of lead poisoning. The house that my parents were living in while my mom was expecting me was the time period where the lead was still lead-based paint. Some of you might be asking though, what does that do with admiring books in the library and how does that correlate? Well, everything. Lead poisoning can greatly harm or even kill a full-grown adult as well as cause delayed learning abilities or worse. I could have beaten the odds or had a guardian angel on my side. Because by the age of six, all traces were out of my system. But I was about three years behind educationally, 
than my age group and my peers at that time. In any case, instead of dying or having mental problems my entire life, I was able to write this book and help others overcome obstacles they may face or were born with. But due to what I have been learning to overcome in my life, at the time where I was admiring books at age 6 or 7, I was not able to read or write yet. At least not well enough that I could pick up any book and just start reading them. And if I could, sometimes be at random times, so like it would come and go. I remember looking at the books, wishing that I could read them. Not only read them, but one day be able to make a book that will affect millions of people's lives around the world and forever. That same day, I remember going home crying to my mom, telling her how I was dumb and would never be able to read and write. And then she told me that I can overcome anything if I put my mind to it. That one day I will start seeing words everywhere I go. So thanks to hard so thanks to hard work, a supportive family and schools, I learned how to read and write. But the road that was we go down is not always an easy one. I was told by teachers that I would never be able to work at a fast food job or even push a cart. And it was something everybody was thinking, like who would say to somebody? And this actually really happened. I've had more than one teacher tell either me or my parents that I would never be able to do anything, not even push a cart. And nothing wrong with pushing carts and it wasn't a kind of job. But to tell a child or adolescence that's all it amount to definitely is not something that is not okay. So I grew up in a broken home. My first memories were the violence and separations. I would move back and forth between my parents until the age of 13. While in between this, I had been molested by older kids, teased, beaten up, and harassed for how I talked and my skin tone, among other things. At this time in my life, I feel like I have gone through it all. There is no way that there is anything else wrong that could possibly happen. Well, as I have learned in much short time, when you feel like you are at the bottom, there is still a long way to go to rock bottom. My mother was forced to move overseas for the majority of my adolescence years until early adulthood. Now living full time with my father in Lawrence, Kansas, my father, he was a good man and he meant well, but he believed in tough love. So we always butt heads and had some problems. But as he grew up in a broken home without his father as well, he really couldn't teach me anything he wanted to teach me or could have taught me. He was a firm believer in being strict and displaying tough love. At this age in life, being spanked or grounded wasn't enough. Granted, I'm 12 or 13, so being spanked, you really can't do that no more. We would either almost get in real fights monthly, or he would just kick me out normally. By the age of 14, I had been to over 8 schools, 4 towns, over 6 different other places as well around the states. And I also been to Boys Town once my father wanted me to realize how good I had it and thought it would be better for me to be in the Boys Town for a month or two to have a wake up call, like he would say. Still feeling like this has to be below bottom in my life, of course it's not. At this time I'm not being sent now I'm being sent to North Carolina on a bus alone at age fourteen. Luckily at this point, moving around isn't that big of a deal to me anymore 
and doing it by myself, I was pretty used to as well. Life is all about experience and embracing every moment as a lesson and even as a challenge. I am there for only three short months. Emphasis on the sort. It felt like a lifetime to me. I was staying with my cousin that was strongly religion, religious, hoping, hoping by being around them would fix my life. Not quite sure if they fixed my life or not, but they did change it forever. This is the starting point of the rest of my life. Many reading this book or listening to this podcast or audio may not be religious, but keep an open mind is what I'm about to say. We were going to church all day, every day, for 14 days straight. Not only was we going to morning services, but also night services. There was prophets there, at least that way they called themselves, and everybody else in the congregation. From around the world coming to speak to talents of other people who was there. The day my life changed forever as vivid as a movie. I was in the middle of the crowd listening to one of the prophets speak. Thinking to myself, if he calls me out, out of all these people, I'll believe in God. Like I said, I was in the middle of the crowd, so I don't know how he even could even saw me. So me even saying that was pretty, thinking that was pretty far-fetched to believe. But this is the crazy part. To my surprise, and crazy enough, at that second, he points at me. And he tells me to stand up, and he begins telling me my life story growing up. He then continues to say that I will make a great move in my life that will change everything. Saying that when I do, I will make an amazing change in the world and I will be a big contribution to what's going on help a lot of people. My cousins are in awe, telling me I need you with something special. Overjoyed by hearing this, I think my life is about to get easier finally and having a newfound look on who God was, at least believing in faith. It dawned on me. If I'm supposed to do such great things in my life, why is my life so hard? But as most of us have heard before, you cannot see the sun after the rain. And as a side note, things always going to get harder before it gets easier. And they even say that the ones who go for the hardest Difficulties in life are most times the ones that are expected to do the greatest things and at least help the most when it comes to regards of going through before. I wish that my story would end there and everything went perfect from there on, at least perfectly perfect. But life isn't like that. It's like a ride that keeps you guessing, kind of like a roller coaster. Now, after the short three months, I'm back in Lawrence, Kansas with my dad, just in time for the first year of high school, 10th grade. Now having a newfound look on my life, everything does begin to change. I'm getting more attention from girls I like, hang out with more people, and I feel more confident. At the same time, in the back of my mind, I feel off, as if I'm still alienated. Everything is going well socially, but I'm not changing the world in any way spectacular. My father and I are still butting heads. By the time that I turned 18 from 14, I had been kicked out and homeless at least over seven times. Honestly, I stopped counting. There might be more. So in four years, it's probably more than seven times.
You must be thinking to yourself, I must have been an awful, horribly evil child. How else does someone go through all this and get kicked out so often and so many times? I wish that was the case. Well, at least I could justify it then. I was never really that bad of a child growing up. I think my parents might tell you otherwise though. But honestly, the worst things I would do was hang out friends that he only hang out with. I wouldn't jump as soon as he asked me to take the trash out. And every now and then we would have debates on what was going on in my life. And it was probably the biggest thing actually when we went to school. I probably went to school a year and a half out of three years during my high school years. And a lot of that came down to, you know, being homeless so often and not feeling like it even mattered if I went to school that my life is probably going to end or I'm going to be homeless and I won't be able to finish it. I didn't break into any houses, you know, so I may have shoplifted a few times. But what kid, at least most kids, don't try this once? And I'm not saying I'm perfect, like I said before. Perfectly perfect is their mindset. No one is really perfect. I never around beating people up or breaking any crazy laws. The problem was mostly that I didn't like authority or thought it wasn't correct. At least the way they were doing it. I always raised to give respect to get respect. I was a big person on what was right and what was wrong, not law and order. I would stay out late with my friends, or I would probably drink and get high with them all the time, especially on the weekends. But nothing too crazy. Maybe sneak out sometimes too to see some girl I liked. But overall though, I'm kicked out again at 18. Luckily I have many amazing friends that I could stay with. But my parents did instill a lot of great cause in me that I'm really fortunate and thankful for. And I would never be the man I am now without them and without other experiences. So I decided now that I had to get my life on track and get it straight. Put in the work and stop blaming others for my outcome that I couldn't control. I called my uncle and he decided to go stay with me, him and Lana to Kansas. I made up my mind this has to be the great move that the prophet was talking about. I'll go to school for pre-med and work at the hospital while I'm at it. New to a small town, completely focused on my new life. I worked at a job, Dillon's, which is like a Walmart pretty much, before I started at the hospital. After working at the hospital, I got my certificate as the MHDD Tech. Which is also known as a mental health developmental developmental disability technician. We go for a month-long training program on how to handle people with mental illnesses and help them become better and more stable. It was pretty much like a psychology crash course for a whole month, and this definitely helped me realize what I was trying to do in my life and where I was going, where I liked. And then, not long after that, I became the youngest member of part of the task force, which we would help over staff fix overtime we had a problem for over 300 patients, with 300 staff members and 700 patients, so a thousand people total. 
to make sure everyone was staffed, make sure nobody ran short, and that we would fix any problem that would arise. And needless to say, I was also handpicked out of the 300 people without even knowing what it even was when it first asked me to come to it. So shortly after that, I get enrolled in college, testing so high that they said I was probably smarter than my teachers was in high school, and it made sense why I never went to school, because it wasn't challenging enough for me. Again, I feel like this was a time I had been pl- praying and wishing for, but again, I'm wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> Aside from leaving my roommate out of the blue, right after saving someone's life from trying to hang himself, and then, not much longer after that, I even lost my job after having a surgery for two hernias I had and smoking marijuana when I found it in the paper. I'm pretty sure they used that as an excuse though, because I was gone for surgery for so long. Now, not knowing what I'm going to be doing with my life anymore, I find new roommates from locals in the small town of Lawrence, Kansas. With not many jobs that was good though, I got involved in finding alternative ways to make money. I was hanging out with friends and doing questionable things and honestly, even though I probably some of the stuff I was doing, I wouldn't trade for anything. I've learned a lot and the people I met then really made me who I am today too. I had dropped out from school and decided to do online and wait until I'm better off. It took a lot longer than I thought it would. I ultimately lost my vision in my life and gave up on depending on the system, which in turn isn't the best idea to do anywhere, and most certainly not a small town with a thousand people, if that. Especially when you're one of the few minorities in that town. <laughs> they definitely had an eye out for me. Now I'm in trouble again for possessing a marijuana, and it's definitely not the first time this has happened. I make haste to Texas to start a new life there, with no record, staying with my sister and brother-in-law and old roommates in the old roommates downtown Austin. My brother-in-law was friends with a lawyer that had an empty office as apartment we stayed in to cut it short so we get to go to get the book and not my life. I don't listen to my sister and go back to Kansas for some reason. I think I was having my PS2, my PS3, which is funny now because I don't even play games anymore. But after returning back to Kansas to get my PS3 or whatever I was trying to get at the time, I get found out by the police officers for when I was got the possession charge in the first place when I left. And I also had another court pending in Hayes for the same thing. I had my mother take me to Hayes for court, while at the same time, I guess I had, still had a warrant and wanted for the possession they had there. Instead of having me handle it there while I was already talking to them, I used to be put in jail in Hayes, and then transferred back to Lawrence after three days of holding. Just so I can sit in jail in Lawrence for two days, waiting for that court date as well. So I had two court dates, and Lana had seen me and told me I had a, a warrant for Hayes. So I went to Hayes to handle that. I got put in jail there. And then they told me I had a warrant for Lana. So I had to sit back from there back to Lana. It makes no sense since I already talked to both police officers. But it's all in the past. Let's make sure we clarify what was going on at the moment.
Now, I feel like this has to be the rock bottom. And finally, I think I was correct. <laughs> this is what led me to where I am now. Well, one of the key factors, at least. I told myself that I would never go through this stuff again and get involved in a kind of mishap. That I would have a job that I loved. I would finish school and settle down by 25 and change the world. Last year hasn't happened yet, but God had a bigger plan for us than we do ourselves. But first, I had to go through a few more things that would make me grow and develop who I am today. Now I'm on probation and diversion for two different towns simultaneously. I have quit drinking and smoking and began to better myself again. After all my obstacles I had passed, I was always told that I was a waste of ta talent or wasting my intelligence and ability. Which now I agree, I was totally wasting all my talents and abilities doing all these dumb shit. Which is my language. <laughs> well, no more I decided. No more blaming others and excuses and not giving my all. I'm a firm believer, we can blame others for what, all our mishaps and our letdowns. Then we also have to blame or contribute to them, to them saying that what we have in our life is good. It also their fault too. And I'm a huge believer in taking ownership of your life. Otherwise, we won't get that far. And no one in control of our life but ourselves. I start to read and watch educational videos like I did growing up. I would not only train my mind but also my body. I started reading the Quran, and right after I read it, I started to have night terrors. My whole life, I never really had bad dreams. Stuff that came true, or like deja vu, or pregnancies maybe. But never nightmares, especially not night terrors. Waking up at the same time every night regardless of when I went to bed. I wake up in a cold sweat with dreams indescribable. I feel like I didn't do... If I, didn't, I feel like I did not do something quick. I was going to go to hell. And... The dreams I had definitely portrayed that. It was it was terrible. It was probably one of the worst weeks of my life. But... So... After reading the Quran though, I decided to become a Muslim. And after an entire week of these demented dreams, as soon as I did my Hasidah, which is like saying the Jesus my Christ prayer but in the Muslim way, I felt renewed and my night terror stopped right after doing it. Now I'm not telling you to become Muslim, but I am saying this, the universe is more mysterious than we know. There is a life plan for all of us. Religious, spiritual, or atheist. You just have to listen and be open. Because at the end of the day, all religions are preaching the same things. Love thy neighbor, don't steal or kill, and give back to others and be the best you can be. Now add that to the natural laws of the universe, there you have it. God. G-O-D. Which is why we are all called gods, because it's a part of all of us. We abide by the cosmic law, we know right from wrong, and we create. Every one of us is made of these stardust, star particles, from the universe. This makes us a part of the universe, and also 
What is the definition of God? It is creating everything, and we are creators. And this is what separates us from animals, at least most animals. We are going to create. This is why we're so resourceful. The tools that we have in our life is what makes us so magnificent. And so all you guys are reading, a lot of stuff I'm saying is not in the book. This is my extra ad-lib to it because I feel like it's a lot easier to go more in depth with you guys who listen to the audio tape than just reading the book. And also the extra gift and present for you guys listening and tuning into what I'm saying. Now I could go on about my life and more in depth on why I'm here today. But that isn't why I'm writing this book for you and or reading this book for you right now either. There are people all around the world with worse lives than the next person. Way worse than mine. And mine was pretty bad, I feel like, but I still don't feel like it was that bad. There's so many people who talk to me like, Oh, I'm so sorry about everything you've been to, and it's so terrible, and it's awful. And honestly, like, it could have been worse. That's all about mindset. It's got to look on the bright side of things. You know, I always trying to find the good. And that's one of the things I'm good for. That's one of the things that life... I've been to made me good at is finding the good in everything. So, if you don't get anything from this book or this first chapter I'm reading to you, I hope you get that. Mindset is really crucial on really making us happier and having a great life. There are people all around the world with worse lives than the next person. The key of realizing that there is someone worse off, but they are still trying and still thriving. If anything, never give up on your life and your dreams and yourself, most importantly. I was told by someone really wise that you need to be transparent so others will open up to you. And this is why my biography is so authentic and so, so real. Because I want it to be as transparent as possible so you really know what I've been through, what I've done. So for anyone who had a hard life, Maybe not as hard as mine or harder than mine even. You can feel like they can relate to somebody. Feel like they can relate to me. And understand why I'm writing this book. And that if I can do half of what I've done so far. Then you can do anything to be mine too and so much more. You are limitless. I feel like for you to truly want to believe in this book. Or even hear me out for that matter. So you can apply it to your life. That I would need to tell a little of my history, life, and why I feel like I needed to do this. I would be the first one to tell you that life can be hard. But if you start blaming others and life while never giving up, you can change not only yourself, but the world. What doesn't kill us only makes us stronger. They say, at least. <laughs> it's not about what you have, but what you do with what you have. Let me say that one more time. It's not about what you have, but what you do with what you have. Now, I'm 26. In the book, I was 24. So this is two years ago. And I officially published it again this year. I'm a business owner. I'm a published author. I'm an artist for fun. I'm a certified MHDD tech. I'm a certified psychologist that I did online. And I'm also in psychology now. I'm also the director of communication for the psychology club at ACC. I'm a business advisor. 
I'm a life coach, and I'm perfectly perfect. But above all, I have not only overcome my struggles, but now I've been able to help others do the same because of what I went through. I'm on the next page of my life now. I spent thousands of hours watching videos about business, life, education, exercise, diet, financial, and so much more. Attending seminars, reading an insane amount of books, and destroying my comfort zone. And for you don't know, I love books. You can find them on my first page. And let me say that one more time, so I can miss you all heard me, and I cut out too. Without plans to achieve them, when your dreams become goals, they become reality. But without plans to achieve them, we will lack action to complete them. Dreams plus goals plus plans equals action, which creates into reality. I know each and every one of you is destined for greatness and so much more. Live up to everything you were meant to be. Work hard and play even harder. Do it for the people you love. Do it for everyone, but more importantly, do it for yourself. Be the difference that you want to see in the world. I did not know how many people I am helping with these books. This is book Perfectly Perfect, my next one, Flawlessly Flawless, which is almost done. Which is probably expected to be released in 2018, 19th latest. But if I can help at least one person, I've done my job, and I'm happy with that. Life is too short not to give back to others and help. Let's create the world where our children's children are proud of. Teamwork is what makes the dream work. So again, you can visit my website at weindigocom.wordpress.com. And let me spell it out for you. W-E-I-N-D-I-G-O com dot wordpress w-o-r-d-p-r-e-s-s dot com c-o-m we have our full goals and story there for our non-profit clothing line of services which is how my whole business even started I was hoping artists around the world make a passive income from doing what they love by posting the artwork on my t-shirts and I would market and advertise for them and I would give a 90% 90% of the profits back to them. I'll use 10% to expand the business and help with marketing and advertising for them. Not only do I want this book to be able to change people's lives, but to be able to make this a business and an empire where we are working together for a sole purpose. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Harriet Tubman. Be all you can be. You're here for a reason. A purpose. We are all in 